Hey, and welcome back to the Weekly Score. I am your host, as always, Thomas Murray. And for today, we got a special guest joining us. We got none other than the legend, my dog, Princess, the incredible Dachshund Wonder. Princess, let's say what's up to everybody. Can you start sniffing? Doing that cool stuff you do? You guys might hear Princess at some point in the podcast, scratching on my door, barking, wanting to get out or something. So here's your fair warning. Um, tonight's a good night. It's Friday night. Can't complain. I got my Starbucks Kiwi refresher. Wait right here with me. We're gonna do this thing with that. I got something good to drink. Starbucks, you wanna give me a sponsor for giving you a little shout out? Let's make it happen. You know? I'm a I'm an avid drinker of yours, so you wanna hook it up? I'll give you the shoutouts on here. You know, let's make business happen. But anyway, for today's episode, we got a few things to discuss. First of all, we're going to start with the NBA playoffs and what's been happening in there. You know, earlier this week, we had the whole fiasco going on across the country. Everyone was talking about Ben Simmons not taking that alley-oop or dunk, you know. He could do either or. The guy's like, what, 6'10", and he, and he decided to pass the ball even though he had an open shot. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it happen, you know. Time after time, you always hear the joke about, you, sorry, I was putting princess on my bed, but you always hear the joke about Ben Simmons not wanting to shoot, not taking the easy shots. You know, constantly he's getting criticized about his mid-range game, and it just sucks to see that happen, you know, in the in the the game against the Hawks the other night, you know. You you gotta feel bad for the Sixers at this point, you know. There's been the whole thing since like what, 2015. Trust the process, all that good stuff, you know. They they go a year without Embiid because he gets hurt, and then you know they get him. They got. They got Simmons on the roster, then, you know, they eventually draft Markel Fultz, and you're like, okay, like, these guys are going to have a really good shot. Then, you know, there's that one year where they go, you know, they 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 finally put together a championship roster, and then only to, you know, be eliminated in the playoffs again, and then, you know, it just, it feels like the same old story every year. You know, this year, they go and they hire Doc Rivers, a proven NBA coach, a guy that's won. You know, he's been to the big games. He's won a title with Boston in 08. And you're like, okay. You know, the Sixers, like, let's make it happen. You know, as a Sixers fan, you're like, all right, this is finally our year. Here we go, right? And then, you know, you, you see this kind of stuff happen again with Ben Simmons just not taking easy shots, you know. And, you know, I, I can't blame Ben Simmons for, you know, doing that shot. Like, okay, I can blame Simmons, but at the same time, you know, it's just like, man, I, I feel like the guy needs to change his scenery really bad. You know, Philly has really broken Ben Simmons. This guy is just, he's not the same player that he was when he was at LSU, when he was this top prospect out of high school from Australia, you know? 
Ben Simmons just isn't the same guy anymore, and I know a lot of his game is based on assists and whatnot, right? But you know, you're six foot ten, dude. To play NBA this in you know today's era, you got to be able to shoot the ball. Um, you know that was such an easy shot for you. You know, there's just there's no excuses. You know, I'm not gonna discredit Trey Young and the Hawks at all. Because you know what, that that boy has been balling out the past month, throughout the whole playoffs. You know, this that guy's really proven to be the hype that he was when he came out of Oklahoma. But dude, Philly, what what what's happening? You know, you gotta feel bad for Joel Embiid. I feel bad for Embiid. I feel bad for the fans in Philly. I I think it's time maybe for Philadelphia to move on from Simmons. Um, you know, just like the city did, you know, just like the the Eagles did with Carson Wentz this year, you can tell that Simmons is just really broken. You know, it it shows a lot of the same traits as Wentz did at the end of his time in Philly. You hate to see it because you want to root for Simmons. You want him to be good. You know, you want your team to be good. But at the end of the day, you know, if it's not going to work out, it's not going to work out. Um, you know, the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I feel like that's just what we're starting to see with the Sixers, you know, rather than realizing, hey, maybe the problem's within. You know, I don't know if anybody watched his first take. Um, there was this whole thing with Stephen A. Smith where he said apparently a source that he knows from Philadelphia and mind you, Stephen A. used to be a reporter for the Sixers for 17 years, covered all of AI and whatnot. But anyway, he was he was saying that, according to his source, that a lot of the people within the organization consider Simmons to be lazy. They consider him to uh, only kind of play pickup games. You know, he doesn't really work on his shooting. He doesn't. He he gets. Uh, What's the word? He gets, he's kind of not coachable. You know, he's hard to work with. Um, and you know what, man? I'm just, I'm kind of not surprised hearing that. I remember when I watched the documentary about Ben Simmons on Showtime. It was called like One and Done, and it was like the whole, uh, it was it was a whole documentary about you know one and done players in college basketball, obviously, right? And, you know, it covered Ben Simmons' season when he played for LSU. And, you know, it. I know one and done starting to be, you know, is a total thing, right? But it was just mind-blowing seeing him in college basketball just not really giving a crap about his team. You know, the guy opted out of his season midway through. You know, for the for the LSU, uh, LSU was going to be really good that year. They, were, you know, they were they were going to go to March Madness. I think they did go to the tournament that year. Um, clearly, they didn't win it. I think they would have competed a lot better with Simmons. But yeah, you you saw you saw a lot of Ben Simmons as a person. You know, and if your point guard is you know if people are saying your point guard is lazy and there's people within the organization who believe that 
you know, that's not a good sign if you want to keep him. You know, the point guard position is like the quarterback of basketball. You know, he runs the offense, right? So, you know, it's just like, why would you want to keep a guy like that who's running your whole offense, who's like kind of your main uh, stepping stone in what you do as a team? So I don't know. I don't know if we'll see Ben Simmons play another game in Philadelphia again. You know, what I would expect, what I think you could see happen is I think you could see him getting traded. Uh, I think Portland's an option. You know, there's there's this whole fiasco going on in Portland right now, whether they're going to keep Damian Lillard or not. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen with that. It's like a 50-50 chance. You know, could Damian Lillard get traded in the offseason? He has one year left on his contract. Could he get traded in, you know, before the trade deadline next season? You don't know. Uh, a lot of people believe Damian Lillard's going to stay in Portland because he's a loyal dude. And, I mean, y- you got to look at everything he does. He is he's very loyal, which is you, how much he loves Portland. And he just doesn't say that. He actually shows it, you know. He's Portland through and through, but you you don't know what's going to happen with Portland. You don't know what the whole situation is. As of right now, the um, big news that just happened in Portland uh, about an hour ago, they hired Chauncey Billups, which I think was the right move for Portland. Uh, I really didn't think Mike D'Antoni was going to be the right guy. Yes, he plays the Portland-style basketball. Offense, no defense, basically, right? But that's not a recipe to win, you know. If Portland went and got D'Antoni, I don't think they would be even better. I think they would be worse off next year, to be honest. Um, with D'Antoni, I do believe you would see Damian Lillard traded at some point because I do believe that you would just see Portland kind of go into a whole rebuild mode, you know. Um, if they if they were to get rid of Damian Lillard, I would expect to see the Blazers absolutely rebuild and start from fresh. Anyway, enough on Ben Simmons and Portland. Let's talk about the let's talk about what else is happening in the NBA this week. So, we have the we have the Western Conference Finals going on and the series is for game 2. Series was 1-0 Phoenix, right? Uh the Clippers were about to win the game, you know. Um Jay Crowder was taking the ball out. Clip, uh, Suns could have ran two plays. They could have uh, went for the three-point shot, tried to give it to Booker or somebody, right? Or try to go for the alley-oop, which they did. Uh, and holy, holy, holy guacamole. Um, that, that play from Jay Crowder to DeAndre Ayton. And you know what? Let me... Let me see if I can get an audio clip for you guys. We'll play that on here in a sec, and then you can just kind of imagine the whole, the whole scenario of that. Crowder looking, throws it alley. Oh, Aiden puts it down. He puts it down. It's over. And they're trying to say goaltending, but that's a live basketball. He can finish it. Right there is no goal. The officials going over to discuss it. There's been bottles being thrown from the court. 
But right now, the ruling on the floor was that the basket counted. What a perfectly executed play. Aiton guides it in beautifully. What an incredible job by Monty Williams designing that play to perfection. But there's time on the clock. DeAndre Ayton, who was terrific tonight, 24 points, 14 rebounds, with the biggest shot of his life. That's just a perfect pass from Crowder. Absolutely perfect. And just to reiterate, there's people in here saying that's goaltending. No, that's a live basketball. You can grab it and finish it. All right, and there we go, guys. There's that. There's that incredible alley-oop by, made by DeAndre Ayton. Dude. When I heard that thing, or when I saw that thing, when I was coming home from work the other night, I I couldn't believe, you know, what I saw. I was like, whoa, that was so insane, you know? 0 0.8 seconds left on the clock, and this dude goes up and makes an alley-oop, probably, you know, to win the game, probably one of the best plays he's ever done in his basketball life, dating back to even high school. And this guy does it in a playoff game. I was like, no freaking way this happened. This, you know, it was just so insane. The crowd was losing its mind when it happened. You know, that's all everybody was talking about. I remember seeing all my coworkers losing their minds um, talking about that play when I went to work the next day. It was just, it was, it was so insane to see happen, you know. Oh, my gosh. Um, man, that was, that was really clutch. Um, you know, and some people try to say like, oh, goaltending right on the play. But, you know, if you heard the announcer say, um, the play was legal, you know, they're allowed to pass it like that. Um, man, so that game, you know, that the Clippers losing that game was just typical Clipper fashion, you know, uh, they're making their... This is their first time ever in the Western Conference Finals. Um, the Clippers, you know, you just, you think of the Clippers and everyone always jokes about them, you know, just stinking for years. And then, you know, even even with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, they never got to this level in the playoffs when their team was really good. And to just see them lose that way, you're just like, oh no, man, like not again. Like, here we go. Uh, the Clippers went and won Game Three the other night, so you know now the series is at one two. The series should be at two one though, if you want me to be honest. You know I don't think I don't think we see this play happen. Have Paul George not miss those two free throws uh, a little bit earlier in the game? You know right before that, but I mean it is what it is. Uh, Suns are up two one right now. We got the next game coming out. The next game is going to take place on Saturday, June 26th, around 5 or 7 p.m. Um, I'm not sure how they're doing this. I know they did the Bucks game around 5 o'clock today, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I think there's a lot of fight left in the Clippers, though. Uh, I picked the Clippers to win this whole thing, when, or at least win the, win the West, you know, on my last episode. We'll see what happens. I predicted them versus the Sixers. Sixers obviously let me down on that one. But I still think the Clippers are a very good team. 
Uh, you got to give credit to Paul George, you know, playing big when he needs to. He missed those two free throws, but he's carried the team in other games, you know, especially with the whole Kawhi Leonard situation. Nobody knows what's happening with them. You know, I'm hearing rumors about torn ACL. He's out indefinitely, but then there's rumors that he can play. You just don't really know what's happening with the guy. Um, Kawhi Leonard comes back to the Clippers. Even if the Suns have Chris Paul, I don't think they can handle Kawhi Leonard. I don't think they're going to be able to beat him just because he is that damn valuable and he's that good. You know, there's a reason why he took that Raptors team two years ago. And he, you know, there's a reason why they won the championship that year. You know, he was the next level factor that they needed. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, I still like the Clippers, like I said. Make sure to check out the next game tomorrow on Saturday, June 26th. Um, but that's enough right now for the NBA. Let's talk about some fun stuff that happened yesterday. I'm going to take a drink of my lovely Kiwi Refresher. Starbucks, I'm telling you. Let's get a sponsorship going. Sponsor the weekly score. You can have ad space on the blog. Cheers to you. So, yesterday the NFL went and announced that they're going to allow, the uh, in the 2022 season, they're going to allow teams to wear alternate helmets with the throwback uniform. So now we're going to be able to see some of the coolest uniforms uh, over, you know, that the NFL has ever had. Some of them I, I absolutely love, and I don't know why they ever ditched those uniforms in the first place. I think it's only a matter of time until they start letting teams have multiple helmets for whatever reason. You know, like how cool would it be to see the Seahawks with the highlighter green helmet, you know, matching their all lime green, highlighter green uniforms that they got. How cool would it be to be to see the Bengals with the all white helmet and then the all white uniforms or even even do something different like, I don't know, maybe like a matte black with their uniforms, I think that would be really special looking. The Cardinals in an all-black uniform, or even the Eagles in an all-black uniform, although the Midnight Green helmet does look pretty dope with the, you know, with the black black jersey, black pants. But anyway, we're going to talk about some of my favorite throwback alternate jerseys uniforms that we will probably see back in 2022. Uh, first of all, we'll start with the Tennessee Titans, the former Houston Oilers look. You know, you got the white helmet with the with like an oil rig on the side of it. Uh, I believe you had like the was it was it a single stripe or a double stripe on there? You have that, and then you got the really sweet baby blue uniforms. Man, those things were really cool. Um, we're gonna let's see who else do we got? We got the cool Kelly Green Jets jerseys from back in the day, the seventies look. I absolutely love those things. Uh, we got the Dirty Bird Atlanta Falcon jerseys, black jerseys with the red helmet. Those things were super sweet back in the day. We got the old Patriots uniforms. You know, I'm finding myself liking the Patriots more. That Tom Brady's not there to always win with them. You know, I'm a, I'm be honest with you. Brady's one of the best to ever do it, but yeah, I'm a hater sometimes just because you hate to you hate to love to see it. Is that the phrase? You know, just seeing him constantly win in New England, it was just so repetitive. 
even though it was like absolutely great it was just so damn repetitive and you just kind of get over it at some point um anyway you know the old school patriots uniforms i think those would be cool with pat the patriot on them uh i i obviously i can't wait to see the kelly green eagle jerseys come back i know those are gonna happen for sure because I, you know, I've been wanting this thing to happen for such a long time, and I've been kept keeping up with it. And I remember seeing like Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner, is always pushing for this to happen. So you know, that's really exciting to see. The Chargers got some classic uniforms. The Seahawks do with the gray helmet and the lighter shade of blue jerseys. You know, silver and light blue. It's such an awesome combo. Maybe we could see the Raiders try to do a white helmet with their white jerseys and gray numbers that they have from their old AFL days. And of course, uh, you know, the Cowboys. The Cowboys uniforms are always really cool. Um, you know, it's so weird, their uniform concept, because, you know, as long forever you look at their time, they always wore, like, the white jerseys, right, with the that signature cowboy blue pant. But then around like the 90s, they started doing all this different stuff. They started doing like the tank top jerseys where it's like the dark blue and then like the white shoulders. Uh, they did the jerseys where it's like blue up up to the up to like the collarbone and then it's like white on top. Uh, both those jerseys had the white helmets and then the very plain blue Dallas star, but you know those uniforms are really cool um i honestly i don't know why they just never kept that concept if you want me to be honest i thought they were really sick but i mean i guess you got to go with the whole you know traditional look and whatnot right but i always thought the cowboys had some really cool uniforms uh washington had really cool uniforms too i don't know I don't know if they can will be able to do it in the future. They're supposed to change their team name officially next year. We'll see what they go with. If they keep the color concept, I think it's workable. You know, I cuz I remember they had like these yellow helmets back in the day when you'd see RG3 play cuz they were they were sometimes wearing those uh, those classic jerseys. So, anyway, yeah, you'd see you'd see those jerseys and you're like or those uniforms with the yellow helmet and you're just like, "Oh yeah, these are like super cool. They stood out super well." We'll see what happens. Um, I'm super excited about the uniform thing, though. Man, I can't tell you how much I love seeing players be able to just, you know, seeing teams just swag out, seeing the players be able to have fun, you know. I'm glad to see the NFL starting to get away from that no-fun league uh, name that they were always being carried. You know, I'm, I'm happy to see them kind of embrace some of what the NBA does. Because the NBA does a fantastic job, you know. You got to give credit to the NBA for always promoting their players, marketing these guys, uh, just really letting them be people and express themselves. And, you know, I'm happy to see the NFL finally do that. I'm happy to see baseball do that. I mean, have you seen baseball's new uniforms, the Nike City Edition or something that's going on? Um, my favorite one of those are the are the Chicago White Sox. I think those black pinstripe jerseys are just so... I remember when I when they wore those for the first time, the memes were coming out about the White Sox players wearing them. You know, Tim Anderson looked super cool on that, especially when he was wearing, like, the gold chain with it. 
I thought that looked so clean. But then there was the jokes about Tony LaRusso wearing them. And LaRusso, you know, um, the joke was like Tony LaRusso hanging out by the local elementary school. Like, hey, what's up, kids? You know, trying to fit in, being like the the boomer that he is, uh, as people would call him. Um, let's also talk about the Wrigleyville jerseys for the Cubs. Those are super cool. The all dark blue. I think it's a different take from what they do. Different shade of blue, you know, from what they usually work with. But those are super cool. I really like the Arizona Diamondbacks that just came out last weekend. It's like that sand yellow that they... Uh, it's like that sand yellow. It's a sand yellow jersey. Uh, embracing the desert, you know, where they're from. Those are super cool. So I'm excited to see what the MLB is going to do uniform-wise. I'm excited to see the NFL finally go back to wearing some of their awesome throwbacks. Let's hope that they start to embrace their uh, their whole helmet rule change. Let's hope that, you know, we're going to see some cooler alternate jerseys in the near future. You know, since Nike has taken over the uniforms in, like, 2013, the NFL's uniform game has really started to step up. You know, you've had some classic ugly ones, though. Like, the old Buccaneers ones, wasn't a fan of them. I uh, wasn't a fan of, like, the three different uniform designs that they did for the Jaguars. The Eagles ones were cool. The black pants, I thought that was a good touch. The Cardinals ones, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, those are both really sick. Uh, you know what? I even really liked the Rams ones when they were all yellow for the color rush. Those were pretty cool. Uh, some people are going to, you know, some people didn't really like it. I thought they were really cool. Uh, to be honest, it kind of reminded me of West Virginia because I know West Virginia has a uniform concept like that. But you know what? Um, since Nike's taken over, like, look at the look at the Rams new uniforms. I think those are really cool. At first, I wasn't a big fan. But then they kind of grew on me. I'm whatever about the bone shade, though. But I love the all-blue look. I love the blue and yellow. The numbers are really cool on those things. And, of course, the Chargers jerseys are absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Best uniform in all of sports. The ones it got last year. Those things are absolutely immaculate. Wonderful. Cannot complain about them. So, yeah, let's, you know, let's see what happens in the future. Hopefully we got some cool uniforms heading our way in football. Um, like I said, I love everything I've been seeing lately. Alright, so since we were talking about baseball earlier, I feel like it's important that we talk about that right now. Um, we're almost at the dog days in, in the season. You know, we're, we're approaching the trade deadline. We're approaching the All-Star game. You know, July's around the corner. Then... August, and then it's the big playoff push of September, like, every year, you know? Um, and this year for baseball has just been quite insane. You know, we've had, we had the outbreak of no-hitters happening, you know, from, like, all, from, like, at the beginning of the month, there was, like, five or six different no-hitters happening at, <laughs> you know? It, it seemed like every week there was a no-hitter there was just one last night, uh, the combined no-no that the Cubs had on the Dodgers. Man, do I regret not going to that one. I was talking to my girlfriend in the car, too, because we just uh, left Universal Studios, and I was like, yo, we should go to the Dodgers game, joking, but kind of like cowboy serious. 
Uh, I wish I went to that one, though, that no hitter would have been amazing to see. It was a combined effort, like four different pitchers pitching that one. Uh, Craig Kimbrell went out to close the game, make the save, uh, get the win of the Dodgers. But, um, yeah, so we've had that. We've had Otani. You know, I feel like I talk about this every week. I feel like I'm on Twitter talking about Otani every day, and I wish I wasn't, but it's just... I don't want to get repetitive, but it's just so insane. Every day, this guy's doing something crazy. He's striking guys out. He's hitting home runs. He's stealing bases. He's making great defensive plays as a pitcher. Uh, I mean, this guy, I keep saying it, he's the MVP. He's the AL MVP. The only way that's not happening is if he gets injured. Vladdy Jr., you're playing insane, bro, but, dude, what Otani's doing is just, and at the pace he's at, I don't think he's gonna not be the MVP come when they announce it in, like, November, but, anyway, let's talk about some other stories. Enough of Otani. Let's talk about the New York Yankees. The New York, the New York Yankees have been stuck in mediocrity all year. The New York Yankees have been at 500 most of the year recently they started to get hot I don't know what made that happen I don't know if it was anything with the sticky substances in baseball um I have a feeling the Yankees were using that stuff as well I have a feeling almost every team if not all teams were using the sticky substances though for pitching you've started to see a lot of pitchers decline you've started you've even seen some of them admit it you know that like Garrett Richards, for example, on the Red Sox, went in and made it like, I am not throwing my curveball anymore because I can't use sunscreen to help me get my spin rate. And, you know, first of all, I don't really care about spin rate. I don't want to talk about spin rate. It's just one of those things. It's like a few summers ago, everyone was talking about exit velocity, launch angles. Now we're talking about spin rate. But anyway... Garrett Cole is talking, or not Garrett Cole, I'm sorry. Garrett Richards of the Red Sox is talking about his curveball declining without using sunscreen, clearly admitting that, hey, I'm using something to help me, you know. And he went on to say that the little bags that they give him behind the mound are absolutely useless. They don't help pitchers grip the ball well. Um, whether, whether or not I think pitchers should be able to use that, you know, something to help them debatable um if the bags aren't working though i think baseball and the mlb pa players association players i think they gotta figure something out to help them um i'm a big pitcher fan i love a good pitcher i love seeing a good strikeout you know love seeing guys like nolan ryan love seeing prime francisco rodriguez growing up love seeing you know billy wagner um John Lackey growing up Jared Weaver you know love seeing all that stuff love a good pitching game I could sit there and watch two no hitters go on at the same time in the the 10th inning and I'd be having the greatest day of my life right you know not not every baseball fans like that you know there's a lot of people that complain about baseball being boring because of pitching because of great pitching that they cannot you know admire and sit in awe like I can you know, that's on them. 
if you can't admire great pitching, that's on you. But I do think the league has been crazy in uh, giving to the hitters so much the last few years. You know, we've seen so much production out of hitters. We've seen so many home runs out of pitchers or hitters. So it's just crazy, you know. It's crazy to just see. And, you know, it's nice seeing some good pitching going on for once. What what they're going to do, uh, we'll, we'll see. That, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. I was talking about the Yankees. Um, let's talk. Let's go back to the Yankees. The Yankees are currently sitting at, I believe, let me look at my notes. The Yankees are 40 and 35, third in their division, sitting behind the Boston Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays. Two very good teams in their division. Um, the Red Sox have been a big surprise story as well. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll talk about that after. Let's talk. Let's finish the Yankees. The Yankees are sitting in third place. Many had this team to even go on to win the World Series this year. Uh, at the end of last year's World Series, everyone predicted Dodgers Yankees for this year's World Series. You know, classic New York LA uh, matchup. You know, two of the biggest cities in the United States. Um, classic old East Coast rivalry ga uh, game, right? Brooklyn versus uh, the Bronx. Uh, the Yankees are they're starting to get hot at the right time. You know, good for them. Uh, Gary Sanchez is starting to step it up. He's starting to become a much better hitter. Who knows if that has anything to do with the spin rate going down. You know, it's pitchers in their sticky substances using all that good stuff, right? We'll see what happens with that. Um, I think what the Yankees really need is they just need to stop hitting for home runs all the time. You know, that's what happens when you build a lineup like that. I've been saying this for years with them. You live by the long ball and you die by the long ball. Um inconsistency to stay healthy you know John Carlos Stanton has not been the guy that he was in Miami for the Yankees Aaron Judge I feel like has started to decline although he is playing pretty well this year he's hitting about 286 I believe and um he's got about 16 18 home runs this year he's got my ulcer vote I'm gonna say that but He's not producing those same numbers that he was about two, three years ago, you know, and everyone was saying he was going to be the MVP. Um, I'd like to see more out of Judge really step it up. I'd like to see more out of Stanton. It's good to see um, Gary Sanchez stepping it up. I'd like to see DJ LeMahieu step it up for the Yankees. You know, he got that big contract that you were wanting so bad and you've just you're you haven't been the same since I think there's a lot of you know room for error within the Yankees I don't think it's too late to fix it though there were some people saying the Yankees should sell at the deadline I don't really think so I think you know typical Yankees fashion I you don't see the Yankees ever really sell you you always see the Yankees trying to compete there's a reason why they're known for buying their teams right buying World Series so I don't think the Yankees should sell uh, sell I think they should buy go all in you guys got a good farm system um, if I'm the Yankees what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bolster up my rotation uh, the team really needs starting pitching Garrett Cole started out a little bit slow this year <clears throat> I think some people were kind of a little dramatic on Garrett Cole though 
um, and his numbers this year. You know, I talked last year about him, like, kind of not, or not last year, last week, talking, uh, kind of going down because of the whole uh, issue with the sticky substances. But I do think Garrett Cole has been playing pretty well. The guy's sitting at about, like, a, below a 3.0 ERA, I believe, around, like, a 2.8, 2.9, somewhere in that range, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Garrett Cole can't do it all for the Yankees, though. Um, look for the Yankees to try to make a move for Max Scherzer, you know? Uh, who knows what's going to happen with the Nationals this year. They're sitting at second place. Uh, many really thought they weren't going to be able to compete this year just because they weren't as good last year. But we'll see what happens. Look for Max Scherzer to possibly get traded. He's in the last year of his deal. It doesn't look like the Nationals want to extend him. Um, it looks like the Nationals are kind of moving on from that World Series run they had. You know, they're letting go of a lot of players. They clearly don't, they're clearly not holding any ties to anybody. So we'll see what happens. Look for the Nationals to trade Scherzer. I, if he gets traded, I think New York would be a spot. And I think the Yankees could really see him. Uh, this weekend, the Yankees are playing the Red Sox. Red Sox are 45-31. Yankees 40-35, like I said. They got two more games. I believe the Yankees won today's game. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the San Francisco Giants. Giants have been crazy this year. Giants are in first place in their division. Nobody expected that, especially with, you know, the World Series champs in your division. Now I feel like I'm just seeing a battle for second and third place in the NL West between the the Giants and, or not the Giants, I'm so sorry, the, the Dodgers, between the Dodgers and the Padres, you know, two, two of the better teams, Fernando Tatis, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Manny Machado, um, Chris Paddock, and Walker Buehler, Yu Darvish, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, uh, Blake Snell. Big names, young names, future stars, current stars, current vets, Hall of Famers, the whole shabam between those teams, you know. And we're seeing that for third place because the Giants have been playing so incredibly well this year. The Giants have been playing by a team, like a team, I mean. They're being led by their hitting despite their outrageous size ballpark. The Giants are hitting four thirty or slugging at a four thirty percent this year. Brandon Crawford having one of the more underrated years in baseball, sitting with sixteen home runs. Uh, batting average is a little bit low, but slugging percentage at a five thirty five and OPS of eight seventy eight. Brandon Crawford's killing it. Um, Giants, like I said, just playing great all around baseball, playing like a team, and I think that's what separates you from the other two teams that are just so star-impacted. Dodgers losing key players like Kike Hernandez and Jock Peterson. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Dodgers end up in third place. However, I, I'm not sure if the Giants can keep up this pace. I expect the Padres to get really hot in August, July. I expect them to take over the division at some point, but... They are 
the Giants are still the current division leading champs, and they are killing it this year. So we're going to see what happens with them. Now let's talk about the Cleveland Indians sitting at 41-32, nine games above 500. Um, many thought the Cleveland Indians were on a bust year after trading Lindor, maybe tra possibly trading other guys um, like in Bieber. Many people thought they were going to end up trading Bieber at some point right before the deadline. However, the, the Indians are showing they're in it. They, they said, later Lindor, have fun in New York. Uh, enjoy a hot dog. Enjoy your New York style pizza. We're going to be chilling here. Uh, might go to Cincinnati and steal some chili later in the year. You know, have some of that famous Cincinnati chili. But the Cle Cleveland's killing it right now. Like I said, 41 and 32. The Twins are non-existent this year after being the three-time champs in the division. I don't know what's going on in the AL Central. You know, things are just, they're not what they're normally like. Uh, Cleveland Indians are one of those surprise teams. Uh, they're like the Giants. They're playing good all-around baseball. I mean, they they got the two Rosarios killing it. Ahmed Rosario and uh, Eddie Rosario. They're both killing it. Ahmed, some, Ahmed Rosario is hitting 265 this year. Uh, was at 273 at the beginning of the week, about like three days ago. He's got 22 RBIs. Four home runs and 17 walks. You know, that's good for a guy whose game is mostly focused on his defense. You know, and then, you know, he's he's got some speed, so he's going to be able to run the base pass for you. Uh, 17 walks is really good. That's what you want. You want someone that's just going to get on base. You want to score the easy runs. Because what I enjoyed this week's episode of the Weekly Score. Had a lot of fun on this one. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week's episode. Thanks to my special guest, Princess, for joining me. You're the best dog anyone can ask for. I can't believe you didn't knock on the door during this episode. For next week's episode, we got two of my friends coming on the podcast. We got my friends Matthew Ramirez and Ricky Bernal. They're both my friends from work. Uh, we're going to be talking about baseball for the most part next week. Like I said earlier in the podcast, we have the All-Star game coming around the corner, so we're going to see what's up with that. We got, um, we're going to talk about the all, you know, who we voted in, who we believe to come in. Deadline ended yesterday, Thursday, June 24th to vote. And we're going to be talking about the Home Run Derby, and we'll probably talk a little bit more of other stuff happening in baseball, some of our favorite stuff, some cool stories going on. But until then, hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Weekly Score. Signing off, your boy, Thomas Murray.